Hello, and welcome to the Lancet Digital Health Podcast. I'm Diana Samuel, the Senior Editor of the Journal. Today, we are going to be talking about a new comment article published in the journal, which looked at online search interest in off-label use of disinfectants as a potential treatment for COVID-19, following a White House press briefing on April 23rd. Joining me now to discuss this further is an author of the paper, Dr. Maimuna Majumda. Maimuna is a computational epidemiologist and is a member of the Computational Health Informatics Program, or CHIP, at Boston Children's Hospital and is a research associate at Harvard Medical School. Her primary research interests involve probabilistic modeling, artificial intelligence, and systems epidemiology in the context of public health. So welcome, Maimuna. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. So to start off, please tell our audience about your comment article. So following President Trump's April 23rd comments on the off-label use of disinfectants, namely on the injection of disinfectants as a possible therapeutic for COVID-19, our team was curious to know what the possible impact of his suggestion might be on the general public's purchase and misuse of disinfectants. At the time of analysis, data on consumer sales regarding disinfectants wasn't available yet, at least not in the United States. So we turned to Google search trends to determine whether or not search interest in buying and injecting disinfectants increased following his remarks. And given that off-label use of disinfectants can result in serious adverse effects, we investigated whether or not search interest in poison control centers increased too. Interesting. And what did you find? Through our analysis of Google search trends data, we found that the general public's interest in off-label use of disinfectants spiked soon after President Trump's April 23rd remarks. These findings remained intact even after we incorporated procedures to account for the fact that some of the search interest observed may have been due simply to curiosity regarding President Trump's remarks. This was further validated by the fact that search interest in poison control centers spiked the day after search interest in off-label use of disinfectants did, potentially indicating an increase in interest in poison control centers for either information or assistance following off-label use of disinfectants, which was further supported by statistics from the American Association of Poison Control Centers. Hmm. And by how much did search interest in off-label use of disinfectants spike? That's a good question. So the way that Google search trends works is that it's a fraction of the total amount of search interest associated with a given search term within the context of all the other things that people are searching for. So the day after President Trump's remarks, for example, injecting disinfectants was at 100%, which is the highest number of search fractions that a given term can be associated with. This means that interest in injecting disinfectants was highest the day after Trump's remarks compared to the rest of the study period. Prior to the the remarks, what we saw was that there was very little interest in injecting disinfectants. So this was particularly interesting. And in the figures associated with our comment, which are in the supplementary materials, this is shown really clearly in the diagram. That's interesting and concerning. So what do you think we can learn from this? And how can people from public officials to the general public use these findings to make more informed, or should I say evidence-based decisions? 
Foremost, our results show just how influential suggestions made by individuals in power can be, especially during a time of crisis when the general public is looking for guidance. It's vitally important for influential individuals to ensure that their recommendations about the ongoing pandemic be grounded in scientific evidence to avoid the harmful after effects that might result from the dissemination of misinformation. With this in mind, our analysis also suggests that search query data could potentially be useful for an early warning system, especially for poison control centers following future high-profile misinformation events that advocate for the use of unfounded cures to treat COVID-19, something that may unfortunately be necessary in the months ahead. Oh, that's interesting, the idea of utilizing this approach as a monitoring system for public health issues. That's really fascinating. So what questions do you feel remain unanswered and what should be the priorities for future research in this area? Some of the future work that we have in mind is using additional data, namely consumer sales data for disinfectants and more granular data from poison control centers at the state level to investigate the variability of these trends across the United States. We don't expect that these trends are homogenous across the U.S., so we want to understand which parts of the U.S. might have been most vulnerable to President Trump's remarks. We also plan to investigate the impact of similar misinformation events, both in the United States and in other countries as they arise. Integration of individual level data from platforms like Twitter are also up for consideration. Excellent. So whilst we're on the topic of Twitter, you and your co-authors sent some really great tweets on this article, which highlighted the diversity of the authorship. So how did the authorship for this comment come about? That's an interesting story. This particular study came into existence thanks to the COVID-19 Dispersed Volunteer Research Network, or DVRN for short, an initiative I launched in March to help connect scientists from around the world who are passionate about using their skills to collectively answer important questions about the pandemic. The DVRN is now 100 researchers big or more at this point from a wide array of disciplinary and institutional backgrounds. We make a concerted effort to create a welcoming environment for traditionally underrepresented scientists, including women and people of color, which is how we ended up with an author list for the study in which every member was a woman of color. It wasn't intentional by any means. It just so happened to work out that way due to the inclusivity of the DVRN, which I think is a really amazing thing. Diverse voices bring fresh perspectives and new ideas like the study to science, and that's what keeps science alive. Fantastic. And what a positive note to end on. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Maimuna. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You can read Dr. Maimuna Majumda's paper online now at the Lancet Digital Health. Thank you for listening. <laughs>